Yes, and welcome into another edition of the J-Man Sports Podcast. Glad to be with you. We got uh, the Leafs. We got Jimmy Butler. And yes, our pick six segment is back in this episode. But first, I'd like to remind you how you can stay connected to this podcast. You can stay connected to this podcast through social media pages, Facebook, J-Man Sports, Instagram at J-Man Sports Podcast, and Twitter at J-Man Sports Pod. I want to I want to dive right in the Leafs. I do. Uh, this is a topic of conversation because everybody's talking about the Leafs. I wanted to bring this up on our last episode. Didn't have time to bring it up. Uh, the Leafs won last night against the Red Wings five three. Good win for the Leafs. Bad loss for the uh, for the Red Wings. But it, watching last night's game, especially the third period, really throughout though. But 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 watching the third period. It really, it, something stood out, or a point that I have said stood out, and I always have to point out when I'm right with things, because I'm not right very often. I'm, I'm not. Um, and so I want to point this out. The Leafs' defense is horrible. It is horrible. Um, watching last night was not very good. It, it it honestly was not very good. It, it it reminded me of the playoffs for the Leafs. It really did. Um, just giving up scoring chance after scoring chance after scoring chance, and this is to a Red Wings team that uh, they don't really generate offensive chances that they haven't this this season. They haven't really um, generated a lot of offensive chances. I mean, they've they've had their chances. Uh, but they haven't generated a lot this year. From what I've watched, maybe other people have different opinions on that. But you, through the regular season, whatever. I don't. I'm not speaking from the regular season standpoint. It doesn't matter. I don't care about the regular season for the Leafs. They should be one of the best teams in the East. They 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 really should. Uh, they should probably be the top team in the East, just based on talent. Okay, they're going to get to the playoffs. It's just when you get to the playoffs, that's what I'm worried about with this defense. Now, you have to have some context here. I'm not a Leafs fan, okay? I There's one, there's two teams in the NHL I really detest, and one is the Boston Bruins, the other one is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't like the Leafs, okay? Uh, just from the standpoint of, it seems like everybody... Um, and my family, like I'm not talking about my immediate family, but other family, aunts, uncles, cousins, um, significant others, um, they're all Leaf fans. Okay, Leaf fans, I, f- I find Toronto sports fans to be some of the most annoying sports fans, okay? So I don't really like any Toronto team, let alone the Maple Leafs. So you got to understand some context here. But I watched last night's game, and it's just, especially the third period, it was just... It was just a scoring chance after scoring chance after scoring chance. Frederick Anderson is not going to be able to stop everything. Okay, and a lot of Leafs fans last year, they a, a lot of them blamed Frederick Anderson for the playoffs, for, for, for them getting beat by the Bruins. They blamed him because, oh, he allowed a bad, he allowed a few bad goals, and he has a tendency to do that. Okay, he's not a lights out goalie, but he's, he's a good goalie. Okay, but he can't stop everything. He can't stop when um, he uh, he can't stop when guys are on breakaways. Last night, uh, there was a there was a scoring play in the third period where Anthony Ciu hit the post. Rebound came up to Larkin. He hit the same post. Okay, 
Anderson got lucky, but they, they were both wide open shots. Wide open shots. If the Red Wings were good at converting their shots, okay, which is something they have not been very good at this year. Tendency of young teams, they have a tr- they have they, they have trouble hitting the net. Uh, than the Red Wings have in the last year and so far this year. Um, they they had some great opportunities that they just couldn't they couldn't solidify. Give credit to the Leafs. At the end, their defense did prevail. And at the end, they were able to score two goals, one by Austin Matthews and then an empty net goal at the end. They, they were able to strife off the, the Wings enough so you got to give them credit there. But at the end of the day, when it comes to a seven-game series, your offense is not just going to be able to score seven or not going to be able to score five goals a game. You won't be able to. The good thing about the Leafs is I think that their power play should be able to play in whatever, through the regular season playoffs, it should be able to play. The reason why is it's so dynamic. You can have so many different lineups with that power play uh, that could be so effective. But... That defense in the in the regular season, yeah, it'll get you by. But in the postseason, when when teams are trying just a little bit more, and the competition, and the skill levels of the competition go up just a tick, because you're not playing the Detroit Red Wings out there, you're gonna be playing the Boston Bruins, you're gonna be playing the Washington Capitals, you're gonna be playing the Pittsburgh Penguins, offensive teams that can score. Okay. Uh, what about uh, um, Bergeron and um, Marchand and Pasternak? Like, seriously, how was how the Leafs' defense any better than what it was when they played the Bruins last year? They couldn't stop that line last year. They won't be able to stop the line. They definitely won't be able to stop the line with the, with the way that they are playing right now. It's, it's concerning. Now, again, it's five games in. They could turn it around. And I don't want to overreact to something, but I just want to point out that hey, this is this is this is big. Um, if it continues, it's going to be even larger for the Leaf fans going forward. It's going to be it's going to be hell for Leaf fans it, going forward if they can't fix this defense. And I think part of it is just their scheme, the way that they play. Uh, the way that you know Morgan Wiley, Jake Gardner, the way that they they, they those guys bring the puck up and um, they have the freedom to bring it all the way into uh, the crease, pretty much. Um, you know they, they can they can not only start plays but they, they can again go end to end with their defensemen. I think that has part of it, but the other part is I just think that their forwards just just have to. If, if you're going to run that style of offense, which is a potent style of offense, and that is kudos to the Leafs for being able to have that type of offense because not a lot of teams can. So credit to the Leafs for that. It's just, if you're going to have a, an offense like that, your forwards better be on their, better be on their toes. And again, the regular season doesn't matter. I'm not really saying that they should panic throughout the regular season. I'm really saying that what you want to look for in this regular season is just signs to where it looks better. Signs where the forwards look like they actually want to play defense. Signs that, hey, Jake Gardner's going to get back. Hey, signs that Morgan Riley's going to get back on defense. That's what you want to see from the Maple Leafs. 
but you want to see signs of that. And for the first five games, I really haven't seen signs. Their defense is like what you'd call in the NFL a bend but not break. The problem is when you go in the postseason, that bend and not break defense has a tendency to break more often than just hold off and bend. So it's scary for Leaf fans. Hey, be all happy about your offense. Your offense is potent. You have the ability to have your defensemen be able to carry the puck from end to end. That is that is something that not all teams, me being a Red Wings fan, I, I wanna that's where I want I wanna strive to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, I, I I really do. I want to strive to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. But at the end of the day, uh, I want a better defense than the Maple Leafs. I just do. Um, so that's, at the end, that's what I want to see. If you don't agree with me, I'd love to hear from you on our, on our uh, social media pages. Facebook, J-Man Sports, Instagram at J-Man Sports Podcast, Twitter at J-Man Sports Pod. I just think that you gotta. The, I, I, what are we watching for this season for the Leafs is just the, to show me signs that their defense is more capable of stopping an opponent than uh, not than allowing a lot of scoring chances, like they did last night against a Wings team that's not very good on either end of the ice. They allow way too many scoring chances last night, and they have throughout this season. And so I want to look. When I watch Leaf games, and I think all Leaf fans should should do this too, I want to look for signs. Give me something that says, okay, you know what? Your defense looks like it's made improvements. Again, we're five games in. Nothing to go, oh my goodness, the sky is falling in Toronto. No, be excited about the start of Austin Matthews. Be excited about your offense. Be excited about John Tavares. Be excited about your power play. You deserve to be. It's five games in. It's been exciting. But just... I want to kind of poke a little bit at that excitement and kind of go, hey, watch your defense. It's not that good. Your forwards don't get back. Your defensemen don't get back. It's just Freddie Anderson back there. He can't stop them all. He's going to allow bad goals. Sometimes he's going to allow, you know, uh, good goals. It's going to happen. But you got to limit those scoring chances, which the Leafs just don't do at this point. Moving on to the NBA... Uh, Jimmy Butler returned to the Timberwolves. Okay, if you haven't been following this story, basically he demand he's demanded a trade. He demanded it before the pre before uh, training or actually I think during training camp. I have no idea when training camp starts in the NBA. I I honestly do not. Uh, but this offseason, he demanded a trade. He's upset with the front office. He's upset with coaching staff. He's upset with players. He's really just upset with the entire organization. He returned to practice, and it wasn't uh, what you would call the best. Okay, um, he was very emotional. He called out front office. He called out the GM of the Timberwolves. He called out Tom Thibodeau, the head coach. He called out multiple players. Uh, he basically took the third the third team against the, the, the first team, and he basically went after the first team. Reports are that he beat the first team but basically by himself with the third team, but basically by himself. He challenged players uh, verbally um, and, all, and all this. And then he did an interview with Rachel Nichols on ESPN. And... I have to say, before he, before I, I listened to this interview, I had a very different opinion. I'll tell you my opinion first before I, before I play the audio. My opinion on it was I didn't like it. I was like, what are you doing? Doesn't make sense. You know what? Uh, uh, I don't like when players demand trades. 
I I didn't understand it. Okay, I'm like you you were over dramatic about this. Uh, just you know what? If you don't want to play, then don't show up. But then I listened to it, and then what he said actually makes sense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for you. Okay. That you were loud, emotional, passionate, we like to say, um, targeting Coach Tom Thibodeau, teammates like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, that you told GM Scott Layton, quote, you effing need me. How would you describe what happened today? <laughs> uh, a lot of it's true. A lot of it is true. But you got to think, I haven't played basketball in, in, in so long, and I'm so passionate and I love the game, and I don't do it for any other reason except for to compete and go up against the best to try to prove that I can hang. So all my emotion came out at one time. Was it the right way to do it? No. But I can't control that when I'm out there competing. Like, that's my love of the game. That's raw me, me at my finest, me at my purest. That's what you're going to get inside the lines. And I was going to say, is it not the right way for it to come out? Do you think it was the wrong thing to do, or was no. it an okay thing to do? I, I think that... I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. But I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another. If you didn't like the way that I handled myself in, in, in practice, one of the players come up to me. Somebody say something. Anybody. I'm not going to take it offense. It's not personal. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you, you're probably right. <laughs> I would have said, I ain't hooped in I don't know how long. I mean, I'm passionate about it. I love the game and I love to win. And that's all I was out there doing was competing, playing hard doing what I'm supposed to do on the basketball floor. Give that audio courtesy of ESPN.com. I, I look at it and I, and I actually agree with part of what he said, especially towards the end when he basically said, look, I'm being brutally honest. You know, if you got a problem with it, come up to me. I wouldn't, I, I won't take it personally. Okay, now I, I don't think this was, I still don't think it was the best way to handle it. I'm not going to... I'm not going to agree with the way that he handled it. I, I, I think he still kind of acted like a little kid. Uh, I would not condone that as a coach of anybody. Uh, I think it's a, it's, it's again, it's a, one of those, one of those things where um, um, he's, there wasn't what you would look at as a high school coach or an elementary school coach or even a college coach and say, that's okay to do. Um, that's not the way you conduct yourself, but I think he, he said it, he said that it, he might've, you know, he, he might've gone a little, um, overboard, um, but he wanted to be honest and he was, and he let his emotions out, which I think is a good thing. He also, I believe yesterday, there were reports that he had, uh, had a closed door meeting with players. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, this is what you want your leaders to do. Now, again, I, again, I don't agree with the way that he did it, but I agree with when he says, "Hey, if you got a problem with it, come up to me and tell me." Say, "Hey, uh, Jimmy, that's that, that's not cool. That that's not going to fly. You you went over you went overboard." Okay, we get that you that you have emotions, but you didn't have to act that way. And I think he he would have been fine. If but he what he was doing was he looked at it and basically said he was challenging them. And none of them stepped up to the plate. This is exactly what 
basically what he proved were the Timberwolves were a little bit soft. That That's what he proved. And that, I think, has been a thought of mine ever since they drafted Andrew Wiggins. I love Andrew Wiggins as a player. I do. But is Andrew Wiggins a leader? No, I've talked about it multiple times. He doesn't play for the Canadian national team. He's not a leader. And then that's fine. I'm not saying he has to be a leader. Okay, Carl Anthony Towns, he's not a leader. He's just not. He's a guy that likes to go out, do his own thing. Same with Adrian, the same with Andrew Wiggins. Same with a bunch of guys on their team. They're not leaders. Jimmy Butler is really the only leader on that team. And he challenged them. And he basically proved a thought that I've had. And that is that, you know what? They are, they, they're a little bit of a softer team. Right? He beat, you know, he, he basically, he single-handedly beat the first team in practice. Like that is ridiculous. There was a report about how basically he looked. He was guarding Carl Anthony Towns, and he basically said, "Come at me." Like, co- like come at me, and Carl Anthony Towns just passed it back. Just passed it back out, and that was it. I mean, I. This is something that I think if you're a fan, you like you're a fan of 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 that player, you love. Like you absolutely love this. If you, you I think, if you were a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, you would love this. Now, take out the fact that he wants to be traded. If you if you take that factor, you would love this. Obviously, if he wants to be traded. You might look at Timberwolves fans might look at him and kind of go, "Hey, dude, you were a little bit of a of a headache here. Like, what are you doing? Smarten up. Don't don't act like that." But I, I, I'm not. Again, my my rule about about athletes is they're human first, okay? At, or not first, but they're humans too, okay? Like how how would we react to something like that? Finally, he just had it out. It was just you know what he came back, and we don't know. Maybe somebody aggravated him. We don't know if he just showed up and just started yelling. We have no idea. The reports don't say that. Maybe somebody said something and it just aggravated him. Like we've all been in that situation where we've been annoyed with something we've been upset with something and then all of a sudden it just pops like it just pops and you just get emotional about it and you just start yelling and screaming and people are like what are you doing you look crazy so we've all been in this jimmy butler situation now again i'm not defending the way that he acted that is not a way that you should act in a professional manner okay at the end of the day uh, you yes, you do play a game, but it's your job to play that game. You have to act in a professional manner. I'm not gonna go on this podcast, or I'm not gonna go to my place of work and just pop off like that because I'm upset at something. I'm not gonna do that. Okay, there are other ways to handle your emotions. So I don't agree with the way that it came out, but I I like it that he challenged. You know, he 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 sh- he showed that he's a leader. And in my opinion, he showed that he's a leader and he pointed out like there's a major, there's something going wrong in Minnesota that nobody looked at him and said, oh, all right, all right, let's do this. You and me, let's go. And not, not saying scrap physically, but like, let's go man to man. Let's, let's, let's play some hard defense. Like Carl Anthony Towns right there, take him to school. You don't you you shouldn't like it that he wants to be traded from your team, and basically he's listed your a couple of I think he's listed you he's listed Andrew Wiggins as people that he doesn't he doesn't get along with. 
So take them. Take them to school. Show them that you show them that you got game. Look at them and say, yeah. Hey, be quiet. Challenge them a little bit. Again, before I, before I listened to the interview, I was very much of what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? Then I listened to it and then I thought, you know what? We all have those days. And you know what? Athletes are humans too. They're, he's frustrated. He showed up and he's, and he's just frustrated. Okay? And he basically looked at him and said, come at me, bro. And you know what? They didn't. <laughs> they were like, okay. They, they were like how, like, like we, like, when I was in high school, we had situations like this. Okay? And looking back at it, I should have reacted differently than what I did. I was very much like a Timberwolves player. Just very much like, oh. Oh, okay. Cool. I should have reacted a lot better and said, hey, you know what? That's good that you have that emotion. Okay? Let's let's use it. Let's let's challenge me. Come at me. Give me your best shot. That's what I would have done. And that's what should have been done as a Timberwolves team. Should have been done. You can join the conversation on Jimmy Butler if you don't agree with my opinion on it. Join the conversation via our social media pages, Facebook, J-Man Sports, Instagram at J-Man Sports Podcast, and Twitter at J-Man Sports Pod. All that leads us to this. Our pick six, starting with college foosball. Okay, uh, we're going to start off with Toledo at Eastern Michigan. Many of you probably don't even know that this game is going on. I've been an Eastern Michigan fan for the last three years. Three, four years. Okay. Um, they are two and a half point underdogs at home against Toledo. You know I love picking upsets. I like Eastern Michigan. I'm going to go with the upset here. Give me Eastern Michigan in this one. Moving on to the top 25. Okay, go on to the Big Ten. There are a couple big games in the Big Ten. You got Mark D'Antonio saying they're going to run the ball 40 to, or to be successful in this offense. You got to run the ball 40 times. They're going to take on Penn State and James Franklin who ran the ball on fourth down and five. Ran an option. Like, what are you doing? Penn State is 13 point favorites at home against Michigan State. I am tempted to pick Michigan State in this game because I think they're going to hang it a lot closer than 13. But you know what? I think Penn State's a little bit more talented than they are. I think Penn State will win this game. They're going to win it by closer than 13 points. But give me Penn State to win this game. Sticking in the Big Ten, a big game for the University of Michigan. My school in the Big Ten. I've been a fan ever since I was born. My father sang me the fight song when I was a baby. It's number 12, Michigan, hosting number 15, Wisconsin at the Big House. College game day is going to be there. Michigan opened up as six-point favorites. I saw eight-point favorites. I heard today they actually opened up as six-point favorites against Wisconsin. As of right now in Vegas, they are 10-point favorites at home and climbing. Mounting injuries for Wisconsin. They got a player that's going to be out the first half due to targeting in the second half of last week's game. Everything leads me to believe that Michigan should blow them out, but that's not going to happen. I woke up this morning and I said, ooh, I think the Badgers could get them. 
I think the Badgers could get him. Ultimately, I think Michigan's going to win. Michigan's way too talented. They should win. I think, actually, the spread is accurate. I think it's going to be a 10-point, around a 10-point victory. So give me Michigan. Give me the Wolverines at home, night game. College game day is going to be there. Give me Michigan. Moving on to the SEC. Big game. you got number two Georgia taking on number 13 LSU. They're go- LSU is seven and a half point underdogs at home. I like picking underdogs, but I love me some Kirby Smart. I just think that Georgia, I love Jake Fromm. I just think that Georgia is just that much more talented. I think it's going to be more than seven and a half points. I think it's going to be 10 points. Georgia's going to roll over LSU, so give me Georgia. Moving on to the Pac 12. Okay, big game in the Pac-12. You got number seven Washington traveling to number seventeen Oregon. Washington is three and a half point favorites on the road at Eugene. Okay, I I'm not as high on Washington as most people. I for some reason I'm not as high on Jake Brown as a lot of people. Their offense kind of is vanilla in my opinion. Their defense has been good, not great. I like Oregon. I really do. I'm going to pick the upset in this one. I'm going with the Ducks. I've loved the Ducks since the Chip Kelly days. I love the Duck doing the push-ups after every touchdown. Give me the Quackers. Give me the Duckies. And then finally, our sixth and final game here on our college football pick six. We have the Colorado Buffaloes taking on the USC Trojans. Now, the interesting thing about this is Colorado is ranked 19, but they are seven-point underdogs traveling to USC. I'm actually going to switch the pick that I originally had picked. I'm going to pick Colorado to upset USC on the road. I don't love USC. I haven't at all this season. Every time I've seen them play, I've just been underwhelmed. Their offensive line just doesn't look like nasty, like it should be. Like I said, give me Colorado. And those are our college football pick six. Moving on to the National Football League. Six games in the NFL. And we're going to pick. Starting with the one o'clock games, we got the Bears traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Bears are three and a half point favorites on the road. I say they're going to carry that. I say they're going to win. They're going to win by a touchdown. Give me the Bears. Next one o'clock game we're going to pick. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengal Tigers. This is a huge game in the NFC North. A lot of people still believe that Pittsburgh can win the NFC, the AFC North. I don't know how they, how people can think they can win the AFC North. I have no idea. They have not shown it at all this year. So that's why I'm going to pick the Bengal Tigers. I, I just, I've, I've gone against Cincinnati. Um, I've not gone against Cincinnati this year. They've only proven me wrong one time. Okay. They're one and a half point favorites at home. I'm going to say they get it done. It's going to be between a three to seven point game. 
Give me the Bengal Tigers in that one. The next one o'clock game comes again. An NFC North or an AFC North opponent is playing in this one. You got the LA Chargers traveling to the Cleveland Browns. This one is dead even right now. Okay, it is dead even in the spreads. I love me some Cleveland. I have picked Cleveland each of the first four weeks we have done this pick six. I've picked them. I should be perfect right now. Give me the brownies. I love me some Baker Mayfield. I'm loving me some Baker Mayfield right now. Moving on to the four o'clock games. I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are three-point underdogs at home. I'm done defending Blake Bortles. I am done. Last week, four turnovers, unacceptable. Their offense has not been very good this year. I understand that they're, they lost some wide receivers. They lost some weapons in the offseason. I understand they haven't been with Leonard Fournette, but I'm done trying to defend Blake Bortles. Dallas has got a good enough defense to win, and they have a good enough offense to win. As Jimmy Johnson once said, How about them, Cowboys? Give me Dallas. Give me the Cowboys in an upset. Then, the next 4 o'clock game, and our fifth game on our pick six, you got the L.A. undefeated Rams traveling to Mile High to take on the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are seven-point seven underdogs at home. I'm not going to go with the upset here. The Rams offense, Sean McVay... I have fallen in love with his offense. I fall in love with a lot of people, okay? So I'm falling in love with Sean McVay's offense. I don't think Denver, I don't think their defense can keep up with this offense. I understand if Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks don't play, it changes. That's why I don't think it's going to be a seven-point game. I think Denver's going to keep it close, but give me the Rams. And then we get the Sunday night football game. From Foxborough, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs take on Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. If you listen to the show, you know I love both of these quarterbacks. I am a huge Patrick Mahomes fan, and I'm probably even a bigger Patriots fan. The Patriots are three and a half point favorites at home. I've said this multiple times. You just don't pick against the Patriots in Foxborough. For as much as I love Kansas City... This game is going to be a shootout. I'm going with Tom Brady. Give me the golden boy. Michigan wins this this week, and Tom Brady wins this week. So give me the Patriots at home. It's going to be between three and seven points. It's going to be really close. And that wraps up the pick six. One of my favorite segments. I get so riled up sometimes, what I'm saying doesn't even make sense. If you would like to chime in on any of these games, um, you can via our social media pages, Facebook, Jamie Sports, Instagram, Jamie Sports Podcast, and Twitter at Jamie Sports Pod. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And don't worry, you definitely will be hearing from me soon. Thank you.